Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's Brandon Scoop B. Robinson, senior writer at Heavy.com and the host of the Scoop B radio podcast. You know, I got to check out my guy, Austin D, because he's making it happen on Austin D radio. Check him out. What's up, everybody? This is your boy, Austin D, and welcome to another edition of Austin D radio, man. And today I have a very very special guest one who is dear to my heart you guys might know him from take a chance podcast but yeah he goes by the name of blessed vj on instagram man i got mr vlad cadet in the building man what's up man hey man what's good yeah i like that intro man it made me feel special man hey man made me feel special thank you for having me man i appreciate that hey you know it's no problem man you know you know how to bring you on to the show man it's you know we like family my guy we like family for sure, definitely. I mean, we always we got our differences, but at the end of the day, we still family, man. I got nothing but love for you, brother. Man, let me. Man, look. All I'm waiting on is, is a sponsorship, man. When when they gonna hook me up with a sponsorship for my podcast, man? You know, I'm trying to I'm trying to make some money off of it. Man, you tell me, man. I'm still waiting on mine too, man. We both gotta eat together on this one, man. Shoot, one make you know, one make it. We both gotta make it. You're right. You're right. <laughs> you're right, man. But look. Look, we finna go ahead and get right into the topics, man. So, start off the podcast, man. Did you see the decision, um, the backstory that happened the other day? Uh, talking about LeBron's uh, near 10-year anniversary ten year anniversary with the decision? I seen a little glimpse of it. One thing that really, like, struck me was, I don't know if it's true. I mean, I'm, I'm hoping that you could enlighten me on it because I think I know you have more knowledge on, on, on it on more than I do. But was he really considering the Knicks? Or that was just, that was a joke? Um, from from the report I read on the um on Bleacher Report, it was it was very in fact true. Um, to be honest, that that's one thing that I was um I'm not gonna I was one thing that I was kind of taken aback by, um because I knew the six teams that were in the running were the Cavs, Miami Heat, L.A. Clippers, New York Knicks, um, the Nets, and the Chicago Bulls. If you ask me, I thought more so likely I thought he was. I knew he was gonna leave Cleveland because you don't make a like a spectacle on a on a whole hour primetime television on ESPN. But exactly. I but I, I knew he was gonna leave Cleveland. But I was really leaning towards LeBron either going either going to Miami or Chicago. And um, when I watched this um, and you know going back and reading the reports, you know just the studying up, Chicago was more of a possibility than what I thought. I mean, because when you're talking about a team that. That um arguably had D Rose coming into his prime, which arguably won the uh, which not arguably, but he did win Rookie of the Year um, in 2011. Um, and then, and then you had, you had Joakim Noah, you had Luau Dang. I believe he had, I believe he had Carlos Boozer on that squad too, if I'm not mistaken. Two. Yeah. And that young, that's when D Rose was D Rose back then. Correct. So when I when I saw that squad, I'm like, okay, they they have a nice squad, but. I'm going to tell you, I was, the other day I was reading, um, I was reading a report by Brian Windhorst, you know, he was, he was conducting the, um, he, he wrote a story about, you know, the whole decision and how it unfolded, you know, with LeBron, Wade, and Bosch, and really the, the Chicago Bulls only had room, the Chicago Bulls only really had room for two players, and, 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 I'm going to get to you on that one, but go ahead, and when, excuse me, and when they were trying to, because I, I know they were more so sold on James, according to the report, they were more so more so sold on not James but Wade and Bosch at the at the uh, at that particular time, um, and they and they were willing to move uh, 
Luau Deng in a sign and trade, whether it was Toronto or the Cleveland Cavaliers, to try and bring in, try and bring in LeBron James and kind of form that big three. Now, if I, I honestly, I think if they would have formed that big three in in Chicago, I'm not gonna lie. I I think I honestly think that would have been one of the best teams in at least modern day history, besides the um, the Golden State Warriors from like 2016 to 2019. I think that Chicago Bulls team would have really ran. The eat not only the East but the whole NBA in general. When you got D Rose, LeBron, <clears throat> excuse me, D Rose, LeBron, Chris, Chris Bosh, Joe Kim Noah. You talk about not only a defensive team but one that is super athletic. I'm talking about you talking about a, a prime a prime weight who was who was still like arguably at least a top ten player in the league. You know, yeah, guys like Amari too. But you talk about D Wade who was uh, key guys with the with the max cap space that they had. I, I think I think that's what definitely separated uh, Miami from all the other contenders, in my opinion. Yeah, that's that's what I was saying. Go back to your point when you was like, you know, they couldn't afford all three. That's what uh, I, I did read about that, and I did find that very interesting because I mean, everybody knows that Chris Ball is an all star. We all know what he brings to the table night in and night out. You know, before obviously the the blood cut happened to him, unfortunately, but. You know, for when I read that report saying that, you know, most of these teams that you had them listed, there was only they only could get Wade and James. You know, of course, Wade and James, you know, it's a bigger headline, brings more attraction to whatever city that they bring. But for Miami and knowing Pat Riley the way that I do, Pat's going to find a way to get it done. I don't know how. I mean, Pat makes the best out of the worst situations. So, I mean, I've seen the interview from Wade saying that Pat was nervous because he didn't know on um, Pat didn't know if he could do it you know like you said like he did in 2010 he didn't land not only Wade you know Wade coming back he did not you did not land only LeBron you landed Chris Bosh as well too they landed three stars in Miami and South Beach who doesn't want to play for South Beach I mean no disrespect to Chicago now but South Beach oh man that's just that's a tourist Miami's already a tourist attraction as it is when we look at Florida what's the first thing you think of Miami that's where most people go, go to. They go either go to Miami, Orlando, etc. But it's South Beach, mm. so I mean, the fact that Pat did that, I'm not gonna lie. I mean, me as a Heat fan, you know, I wasn't a Heat fan when LeBron got here. I'm gonna just put that on the record. I've been a Heat fan since I was a kid. Okay. I, I did not become a Heat fan since I was a kid. Clarify that. But the fact that Pat did that those four years, man, I'm not gonna lie. They, they were special. They, I can't believe those four years went by so quickly. But he, I give I give Pat Pat Riley his credit. That's why they call him the Godfather. You don't have a nickname like that for no reason. He made it happen. Allude back to was. Do you remember where you were when you watched the decision? Yeah, I was actually at the house watching it, man. On on ESPN, I was. Um, honestly, I didn't expect LeBron to come to Miami. I, I'm I'm right there to agree with you. I honestly thought he was going to go to Chicago because it was Chicago was mainly being talked about. I mean, I would I was like, okay, I mean, I would love for him to come to Miami, come with, come play with Wade. Who wouldn't? But. Chicago was the main place I was being talked about, so I was just like, okay, he's gonna say Chicago, and then when he said Miami, I was like, hold on a second, I must be, I must be tripping, you know, and like everybody was jumping. I'm like, wait, 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 this for real? I was like, yeah, LeBron's coming, to, like he's coming to South Beach, and I'm just like, wait a minute, we got LeBron coming to South, and then not, not after that, like not too, not too long ago, I hear we get Chris Bosh coming to Miami. I was just like, oh, oh, this, oh, oh, it's on now. We, and, not, we don't have only Wiki. We have Braun and um, and Bosch. I was like, oh yeah, it's definitely on now. And and when I when I look when I look through the story, um, 
you know, I was I'm, I'm not I'm not so I'm not so much surprised as you know to how to how they teamed up together because you know when I look back I I mean I knew most of it for the most part you know that they talked to each other you no know, and it I, and they said they said it, it probably it probably happened around the 2007 uh, World Cup games um, you know where they where they kind of all agreed you know we're gonna take like the short three year deals and you know I don't know if you noticed but. Really, the big three in Miami was really supposed to be D Wade, Braun, and Carmelo Anthony. But Carmelo, remember Car- Carmelo Anthony took that four-year deal instead of that three-year deal. And uh, and honestly, I would I would have loved to see that. To be to be honest, I would have really loved to see that down at South Beach. But they have won, you know, multiple titles. I don't know, you know, that's you know, that that's something that's something that's you know, kind of like a you know, dreamer's remorse. You know, something you want to you know fantasize about in your dreams. But you know, with the with the <laughs> but with the but with the decision I know when I saw LeBron when I saw LeBron up there like I remember visually where I was at right I was I was in Jacksonville it was during it was during summer break I was literally you know on the patio tuned in I'm like okay you know uh D Wade Bosch already announced the decision you know the previous day right you know that they're going to take the talents to to Miami but when I was sitting there on that patio, watch literally watching LeBron for about you know the first twenty eight minutes up until he made his decision, I'm like, "Yo, LeBron really does like he looks un he looks uncomfortable to a sense like where it's almost you no know, nerve wracking where it's it's on it's borderline anxiety where you're like, okay, LeBron, come on, like LeBron, please like please make your decision, like you know I love you, but please make your decision, and you can too much irrelevant question. <laughs> You know, I really don't think it was more so irrelevant. I think it was more so trying to trying to build a rapport. You know, trying to make LeBron feel comfortable because you got to think about it in in this term of context, right? LeBron, LeBron was twenty five at that time. LeBron was twenty five in two thousand and ten. So, and and to be honest, this was really the biggest decision LeBron had to make up until this day. To be, I mean, if we're just being honest, that's the one of the toughest decisions LeBron has ever had to make, and. And I don't. I don't think it's more so. To, I don't think the Cleveland Cavaliers were um, upset with LeBron leaving. I think they were upset how he did it on publicly national television, right? Because you're talking about you're talking about a franchise, a city that has always been, you know, kind of cursed. You know, has <laughs> been cursed in whatever you know major sport you know they played in, and with LeBron leaving them pl- publicly, it, it came off as a sense like, okay, you know. Our hometown, our homegrown hero, is leaving us. You know, for South Beach, and and I don't think honestly, I don't think LeBron was expecting the you know the the vitriol or the you know the backlash that came with his decision. But in a sense, LeBron LeBron needed to do what he had to do, and to kind of set and and to, and to kind of segue off of that, Dan 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 Gilbert didn't make it any better. He, he basically called LeBron a coward. Um, you know, to the city, of, to the city of Cleveland, to Ohio in general, right? So, I don't, yeah. Dan Gilbert didn't make it any better by calling LeBron out. I don't, I don't think LeBron was selfish. I mean, look, LeBron gave you seven of his best years. You talking about? You talking about in a seven-year span? LeBron won two top, two MVPs. Excuse me, led your team to two conference champion, two conference um. Two conference uh, title title series, right? One in one in 07 against the Detroit Pistons, and in two thousand nine where they lost, 
where they lost to Orlando Magic in six games. And he led your team to an NBA Finals in 07 against San Antonio Spurs, albeit they did get swept. So my thing is, Dan Gilbert didn't make it any better. Dan, Dan Gilbert actually came across as more so obnoxious. And to, and to be honest, let's just be clear. I... I watched a video with um, More Than an Athlete on uh, ESPN, and Rich Paul even said himself that he called Dan Gilbert ahead, ahead of the decision you know, that was televised, and he said, look, LeBron's leaving, Cle leaving Cleveland and is going to be on his way to Miami. Oh, so he knew before time then. Exactly, and it, and it comes across as something that Dan Gilbert was, you know, he was obviously feeling this because he, he literally released this public, the public statement the same night LeBron left. It's, it's basically, I just utter everything that you said. Like, LeBron came into the league in 2003 as an 18-year-old phenom kid from St. Vincent Mary. And he was there until 2010, up until he left. From 2003 to 2010, like you said, LeBron gave you literally everything he had with what little you provided him. So what did you expect him to do? I don't understand. You as the, you know, the head of the Cavaliers, aren't you supposed to around, aren't you supposed to surround you know, pieces around your main player to mm -hmm. help the team get better. I mean, name another person, like, off the team um, besides LeBron. I mean, okay, Mo, Mo Williams was okay. I mean, I guess Delonte here and there. I mean, Nagowskis, who else was there? Anderson Verja. I mean, there's not really nobody else but LeBron. LeBron was Cleveland for those seven years. He didn't really have, like, a wingman to rely on. He had to play night in and night out. There was no taking no breaks. So for the fact that he wanted to make a decision for himself and say, okay, I can't win here. There's no no hatred towards Cleveland. Of course, I was born here. I played here. This will forever be home, but I want to win. You feel me? I don't want to have my go throughout my whole NBA career without at least a chance of winning a title. And he felt, and he felt Miami was the best fit for him, which was true. And like you said, I didn't even know on what you said that Danny Gibbard knew ahead of time that LeBron was going to lead to Miami. And the fact that you wrote that letter, of course, yeah, you didn't make things any better, because people out there was, was burning his jerseys for what? I mean, come on now, man, like, that that was selfish, that was selfish of them to be honest, real man, I just, I mean, I guess it's people, but he did what he could, you feel me? It, it's not like y'all didn't make the postseason at all, or like, well, y'all didn't make it to those conference titles games, or, you know, make it to that finals, like, LeBron gave y'all what he, he, he gave y'all everything um, he had, so... Yeah, that, that didn't make things. Yeah, that, that that thing did not make things any um, it didn't make it any better. That letter should have never been written out there in public. Dan Gilbert was tripping. And and to allude to the to the um oh nine roster you was talking about the two thousand nine two thousand ten roster that you're talking about. This man had Booby Gibson, Danny Green, JJ Hickson, Zajardus Igalskis, Cedric Jackson, Darnell Jackson, Antoine Jameson, Kobe Carl, Jamario Moon. A Shaq that was not in his prime, you know. Matter of fact, Shaquille O'Neal, because he was not that was that was not Shaq. He was that was his seventeenth year. You had Anthony Parker, Leon Poe, Sebastian Telfair, Anderson Barzal, Delonte West, Jawad Williams, and Mo Williams. Argu arguably, you could say, and just me looking at it and just you know off of pure nostalgia, Mo Williams was really the best, the second best player aside LeBron LeBron James. And you, you could probably put Booby Gibson, you know, number three, just in the totality of things. LeBron didn't have no super, no other superstar just to keep it flat out simple. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And I agree with you on that one. That's why I said I wasn't mad when he left. He had to leave. He had no help. What you expect the man to do? You can't win by yourself. It don't matter who you are. You see all 
all of these NBA greats, like when they won the title, Michael had Scotty, Kobe had Prime Shaq. That's what now now we can say Shaq. We don't gotta say Kill on Neil. Dirk Nowitzki had Jason Kidd. Like if you look at all of these people, Kareem had um had Magic. Like all of these people had somebody to rely upon. LeBron had nobody. Literally, but what did you expect the man to do? I don't understand. What did you expect him to do? You can't get mad at that because the man wanted to like make a decision because he wanted to go win somewhere. That's not that's not that's not his fault. That's just the the game at the end of the day because you play to win. You don't come here and say I'm gonna lose every game or I'm just gonna be here just to play basketball. Yes, you're here to play basketball just for the love of it. But at the end of the day, you come in here with a, a dream and a and a goal to say I wanna I wanna win a championship. I wanna put a ring on my finger. I wanna host the banner up in that arena. You know that's what everybody, every football player, every basketball player dream is. They don't come in and to the press conference. Yeah, we're gonna lose. I don't care about anything else. Like I just want the money and I just want to play basketball. That's pretty selfish in my eyes. That's just me personally, but you know everybody has a different opinion on that. But anyway, moving on to our next topic, man. <laughs> we're we're sticking we're sticking with LeBron and we're moving it over to LA, man. That's right. The Los Angeles Lakers. Signed J.R. Smith, you know, for the rest of the postseason to replace Avery Bradley, who, you know, decided to stay home, you know, with the situation concerning um, the social injustice that's going on all around the world. But, Vlad, let me ask you, what can J.R. Smith provide to a Lakers team going into this postseason? Ian, honestly, in my opinion, J.R. could provide the same thing Avery Bradley did for them. I mean, he's a great defensive player. I'm not going to knock him down for that. JR can get, can knock down some big time shots. We've seen JR do that. I mean, from the Knicks to the Nuggets to the Cavs. I mean, we've seen JR knock down some big time shots, and he can he can spark an energy within the Cavs. I mean, that's just another player that you could I wouldn't say rely on, but somebody that could provide a spark. You know, outside of LeBron and AD, of course, with those being the two main superstars. But he he can give you a spark. He can give you like you know. We need, like, a defensive play, like a steal or, like, I guess a block or anything like that. Like, JR can provide that. I'm not going to lie. I was happy that they did sign JR because, I mean, he was obviously, like, the logical choice to go with. But I'm not going to lie. I mean, I still have that game one finals done, like, blunder in my head. Now I'm just like, if the Lakers do make it to the, the finals, I still do have them winning it this year with best work on the back. JR, you, you gotta, you gotta, I don't know, man. Just lay off the Henny, bro. It's your win. You gotta go ahead and drink as much as you want. But if game one finals, oh my God. Like LeBron, you see how LeBron was snapping that game? Bro. And that, just, that one mistake just messed everything up. And it was just like, well, that's it. <laughs> uh, and, and to be honest, to and for me in that moment in uh, game one of the 2018 NBA finals, I was. I, I was I was left speechless. Not not because of the fact that, you know, the Cavs lost, but it, it's how they lost, right? LeBron LeBron ended up dropping fifty one points, eight rebounds, eight assists. But but just the just the fact that it took a blunder like that from J.R. Smith. Not not saying that J.R. Smith is incompetent when it comes to basketball or that he's an incompetent human, but in that term in basketball sense, you do have you do have to be aware of, you know, the time, clock, possession. And you know what needs to be done, but exactly. but you know, but coming back coming back two years later, you know, knowing J, knowing Jr. is just you know play style, right? 
he he does he he looks as though you know he doesn't hang on you know to one particular player one particular moment you know for you know for a long period of time right and you know I I like you said I just think J.R. Smith can be you know a good addition to the Lakers and I think he really could provide you know more more so of a, a more so of a consistent three and D player right because with Avery Bradley. He is he he can be a bit inconsistent, you know, in terms of shooting the ball, you know. Like let's just look at the Clippers game that took place, you know, um earlier this March, right? Where he had six threes. You're not going to get you're not going to get that from Avery Bradley, you know, all the time, six threes, but he is going he is going to give you consistent defense, hustle, and you know, he's going to give you everything out on the floor. With JR with JR Smith, he he can do both. Um not at an elite level, but you know, at at a good level, right? One that complements LeBron's play style. And according to Bleach Report, over you know, with their time together, you know, LeBron James, you know, set up J.R. Smith with 824 threes, and J.R. Smith knocked down 41.3%, 0.4%, however you want to round it up, right? Of those three-point shots, right? So with J.R. being a sh- a tough shot taker and a tough shot maker, I think I think that's something that can definitely open up the Lakers offense a bit more. Along so uh, even when you got uh Deion Waiters at the helm as well. So imagine imagine that kind of backcourt, you know, with LeBron, J.R. Smith, and um Deion Waiters. You're you're talking you're talking about two deep threats that you can't leave wide open on the perimeter. Avery Bradley, you know, you could get away with leaving a wide open every now and then. But with J.R. Smith and um with Avery Bra- and uh excuse me, Deion Waiters, that that's that could be a recipe for disaster and I think that could really surprise a lot of teams. You know, coming into the playoffs, especially with you know, a sh- kind of like a shortened postseason where you know you don't get to prepare uh, for the totality. You don't got the necessary necessary film. You know, kind of game plan around what you're gonna get. So let me let me ask you this real quick. So with with the addition of, of Jr. to the Lakers, do you do you would you give the Lakers the um the edge over the Clippers now? Do you, or do you see them like evenly match, or do you still see like do you see one over the other? Um, for me, I I don't want to say I was in denial, but I could I could definitely see where all the experts and you know analysts were coming from when they were talking about you know the Clippers might have the edge here, Clippers might have the edge there, right? You know they got they got dogs on their teams, you know some of them would say, right? But for me, the only problem with the Clippers is that they don't I don't think they have the necessary continu- continuity to you know you know where they have like the chemistry to play together, right? I think I think that's the only thing missing from the Clippers, right? Because if you want to talk about you know best like all around team in the NBA, I give you that the, the Los Angeles Clippers, right? I mean, you got two perimeter, uh, two 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 way perimeter players, excuse me, you know on the on the perimeter with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. That right there is gonna get that that right there is gonna get you a top five defense off rip, right? And then you got Patrick Beverly, you got Montrez Harrell, you got Zubac. I mean. You got Lou Williams coming off the bench. I, I mean, with all of that, all that accumulating together along with the rest of the time that they have, you it, it's it's not it's not that far fetched to say, of course, oh, you know, they, they got the best, you know, best team in the league, right? Because I would agree with you on paper, they do. But like anything in sports, you need chemistry to kind of bring all that talent together. And when you look at and we look at AD and LeBron over there and over there in Tinseltown, you know, with the Lakers, they ha- they have plenty much they have a whole lot of chemistry together, right? Where they played most season together, you know, 
Otherwise, you know, where they were taking, you know, little little time off for little tiki tack injuries or whatnot or load management or whatever, right? So I, I think that's where the Lakers have the advantage. And I think that's where the Lakers can kind of, you know, get the Clippers right there in terms of chemistry when you're talking about that dynamic duo with LeBron and AD in the pick and roll because to be and that's another thing, to be honest, who's gonna stop that pick and roll? That's the most unstoppable pick and roll in the league right now. Because LeBron LeBron and AD come like together, you're not you're not stopping that because you commit to one, you're giving up you're giving up a lob to AD, right? You you commit to AD, you're giving up, you know, LeBron can just bully his way to the rim. So that that, that that's why I think the Lakers have the edge over the Clippers in that sense. That's true. I agree with you on everything. That's true. That's a good. Those were some good points that you made there. Thank you. Those were some good points. Also, the um the Clippers have not added um Joakim Noah too, but I don't really see him as a threat. Uh, much. I don't know. He's not the same Joakim Noah that he used to be. So no. Nah, I mean, it's good for them. And, and I and that's my thing. I think the Clippers. I think the Clippers are more so loading up to you know try and stop LeBron, right? Because when you yeah, like you look at it, Patrick Beverly, you know he, he's a he's an irritant, he's a bulldog. I'll give him that. He's somebody you love you love to have on your team, and it's somebody that you hate to compete against. I get that. Personally, I like Patrick Beverly, but not but not with me being a Lakers fan, right? <laughs> then then you got excuse me. Then you got Paul George. Paul uh, up until up until the injury that Paul George suffered in 2014, Le, Paul George Paul George was really you know. He was really trying to come for LeBron's neck in uh in Indiana when LeBron was still with the Heat, and then you got and then you got Kawhi Leonard who actually did give LeBron problems in the 2014 NBA Finals, right? So, so I mean, with me, I think I think the Clippers are more so loading up trying to stop LeBron, you know, and that and that's my sense. But like I said, the the chemistry. You you need you need chemistry to bring all those you know chemi- chemicals together, right? You, like you can't just go into a kitchen, right? You know you get you got frozen food and expect to have something good. You gotta you gotta thaw it out first. You gotta gotta mix it up in the pot, add a little season here or there, right? And then and then it might taste good. You feel me? You might be working with something. That that, that that's personally how I feel. I, I'm sorry, man. I'm hungry right now. I'm sorry. Whew. Huh. But 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 anyway, man, sticking sticking to the uh, sticking to the NBA uh, restart, man. Look, the NBA the NBA released their schedule earlier um, last week, right? So, man, they got the game. I'm talking about two two of the premier teams, right? We're stick we're staying in LA. You got the Lakers and the Clippers. Oh, open opening night. That personally, that personally, that's my favorite. You know, my favorite must see. Watch game when the NBA resumes, but Vlad, what what game do you see, you know, as as being that prime time game, you know, for the upcoming postseason? That's the way. That's the same. The game, the same game that you just said is the same one I'm going to name: the Lakers and the Clippers. That's honestly the one that I want to watch. They chose a great game for this season to come back. I mean, it's just like when the season first started; it opened up with the Lakers and the Clippers on opening night. So we get the Lakers and the Clippers again. Back on, I guess you can say opening night again, you know, after due to the coronavirus and everything. But this is something that I want to see. I mean, like, you know, with JR, especially with JR getting added to the team now, mm-hmm. I want to see just how, you know, I want to see how that how that works out for them. And hopefully Dion is healthy because, like you said, those two, like, you know, they're, they're a deep threat. You know, they can get the three on any given occasion. So I want to I see how that, that works out, man. I mean, yeah, the Lakers and the Clippers, yeah, that's, 
the game that I'm looking forward to because I have them going to the Western Conference Finals this year. I don't see nobody else in the West beating them out. So, but this game right here in particular, like, I mean, they had, what, two, three months off, basically? Mm, correct. Of course, I mean, well, they're going to be rusty or whatnot, but at the end of the day, I mean, this is, this is a, like, this is like, you know, this is going to give me the, the, the championship, like, championship title vibes, basically, because, I mean, this is their third matchup, I think, or third or fourth matchup. Uh, this will be their fourth. They, they had their, they had their third back in March. The Clippers up two one, right? Correct. Yeah, the Clippers up two one. So I mean, obviously the Lakers have to win this one to even the series out two two. So you have in your home, so why not? You're on your home floor. I mean, they, I mean they both play in the same stadium, but you guys are both like you know the Lakers are home. So I would like for them to even out that series two two. But the Lakers and the Clippers is definitely something to watch. Definitely. But the Grizzlies. Pelicans battling for that number eight seed in the playoffs. I'm not gonna lie, might be interesting. And it, it, it might. It, nope, nope. Excuse me. It's not might. It will be interesting. You're talking about two rookie of the year candidates, two of the top rookie of the year candidates going at it, battling it off. John Morant, Zion Williamson. Man, look. Look, I don't even think they beat each other yet, haven't they? No, I, I don't. I, I don't think so. But think so but this ma- this matchup here, I'm not gonna lie, Vlad. I, if if there's one outside of that LA rivalry, if it's considered a rivalry, right? Anyway, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I, I think the Grizzlies, Grizzlies and Pelicans will provide much needed excitement, right? Because we're talking about the next generation of superstars who. Yeah. Who had the chance to kind of take the throne of the new school, and mm, I, I, oh, I, I just can't wait, bro. It's like it's like my mouth is salivating. I, I I'm waiting for it, Vlad. Like I, I'm getting hyped up talking to you about it right now. You know, I'm not gonna lie. It's crazy how we first started this, like when, when Playmakers in the beginning of the year, and then you know everybody was like. You know, we'll wait for his to come back next year because we knew that he was hurt. You know, he had his, his knee injury and whatnot. We was just like, all right, we just going to wait till next year. And then he came back that Spurs game and just lit everything up. And everybody's attitude had to change. <laughs> and it's just like, yeah, Zion impressed literally everybody in such a short span of time. And to propel his team basically into the playoff picture, like not too far from the Grizzlies, yeah, you make a good point because, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, who would you rather see in the first round, Jaw versus LeBron or Zion versus LeBron? Either or is going to give you a good matchup. But for me personally, I want to see Zion versus LeBron because them Lakers in those Pelicans games, they be going at it. They be going at it. And I love I love to see it, man. I, I just love watching it. I love watching it. Now, now talking about, you know, talking about awards and rookie of the year races, right? Vlad, mm-hmm. MVP. Defensive Player of the Year, Sixth Man of the Year, Vlad. Let's let's start off with MVP, man. Who do you think is going to take that piece of hardware home? All right, so I'm gonna be I'm gonna be real. Okay, I'm gonna be real. For me personally, I want LeBron to win it just because this man. He before like last season, obviously LeBron went to the finals eight straight times. Yes, he's three and six. I I get it because I know most people gonna point that out, but. You know how hard it is to make it to eight straight finals? And then after he just missed one, you know, one postseason and one finals, everybody said he's washed up. He's the washed up king. That was very disrespectful. And this season, he just came with a vengeance. It was like LeBron was a whole different player. And, like, 
LeBron's playing defense. Honestly, I think that's something to do with Anthony Davis. I mean, Anthony Davis is credit for that. Of course, LeBron can play defense, but he just chooses not to because he's more used on the offensive side of the ball. He does so much on the offensive side. We know LeBron can. We know LeBron can play defense, but LeBron just came with a vengeance this year. I mean, he leads the league in assists. His points total did drop because I mean, with the addition of Anthony Davis, I understand that. Mm-hmm. But they're first in the West. From like last year, they wasn't even like I don't even think it was in the, in the top what ten. It was like what was they ranked last year in the, in the West last year? I know they was low because I know he when he missed those seventeen games due to that grown injury, they wasn't really in a good a good standing at all. So they didn't even make the postseason last year. And this year, you come back and you just you're your first seed. You're in the first seed in the Western Conference Finals. We know how hard the West is. If it was the East, I'm just gonna be real. I mean, it's it's easy in the East compared to the Western Conference, but. For LeBron to be doing what he's doing at what 35, 36 years old, mm-hmm. it's a, it's unheard of, man. That you, you can't overlook that. But then again, Giannis, the way Giannis stepped up his his play too. I mean, I want LeBron to win it, but I think Giannis is going to win it. But honestly, for the MVP, I really don't care who wins it out of between them two. I honestly, don't because they both they're both playing well right now. They're I don't know. Giannis is still young at the end of the day. I mean, he's always going to be there. Milwaukee and his the ceiling. I mean, the the sky's the limit for Giannis. It's it's as high as he, as um as he wants to go. But for LeBron, at his age, to do what he's doing, that most people don't do when they reach that age, I think LeBron should get it. I, I honestly think that he should get it, man. He deserves it. But if he don't get fine, if he don't get the regular season MVP, he's gonna get the Finals MVP. Mark my words on that. <clears throat> All right. When it comes when it comes to the MVP debate, you know. I try. I try not to be. Try not to be biased. You know, we're talking. We're talking about a four-time MVP. You know, he he once won four in a five-year span. You know, with with, exactly. with of course Derrick Rose winning one in 2011, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> oh, it, it it hurt. It hurts me. It really does because when I when I see the best team out of the two, I, I say the Lakers. But for me, the MVP race has always been. A little, a little murky and a little bit inconsistent, right? Because you don't know, you don't, you don't know if we're talking about, you know, what team is putting up has the best record, you know, or which individual player has the best stats, right? Because we we can take it back where you know this where the, the first season where Russ averaged averaged a triple double, right? Broke Oscar broke Oscar Robinson's um, triple double record for most of the triple doubles in a season. True. Okay, right? Didn't necessarily have the best record in the league, you know. James Harden, James Harden wins one. Um, not too long after that, okay, not doesn't have the best record in the league, but you know, putting up tremendous stats. You know, you know, people got tired. Of, you know, oh, James Harden have an MVP, da 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 da. You know, he ends up winning one, right? And then you have, and then you have Giannis, right? Uh, uh, okay, Giannis, that's what I debate, right? He he can have that. They had they had not only like one of the best records in the league, if not the best record in the league, right, with sixty plus wins. Yep. But he was also putting up tremendous stats with this. With this one right here, I, I think it's gonna I think it's gonna cut close, but personally, I would I would give the edge to Giannis just a tad bit. Just a tad bit, right? Because we're talk we're talking about a man that's putting up close to 30 points a game, almost 14 rebounds, and six assists. Now now personally, just in terms of the points and rebounds number, I haven't seen that since like an MVP Shaq in the early two thousands. Just, 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 just being honest. And, point. and I believe Shaq won the MVP in what two? I think it was two thousand, if I'm not mistaken. And it, it, it's kind, it's kind of hard for me to root against, to root against Giannis, uh, 
not getting the MVP because I like I said I think he's a tremendous talent in the league, right? He's just, he's one he's literally a jumper, an outside jumper away from becoming like completely unstoppable, right? And we already think he's unstoppable right now. His shot game definitely improved this year. From last year, his shot game definitely improved. Right, right. So, but I I, I will get I. But if if I was just to play devil's advocate just a little bit, I can I can see I can see where you know, I can see where LeBron narrowly pulls it away as well. When we're talking about you know that that weekend where LeBron first went up against the uh, Milwaukee Bucks on a Friday night, clear, clearly showed out you know you know show he's the true king. You feel me? And then that following Sunday, LeBron. Um, Excuse me. Defeats the Clippers and Clipperland, which is basically like you said, same building, same building. You feel me? And not, not, not too much of a difference. They just changing the floor color, right? There you go. So, and you you saw, you saw the performance he put on there. I think that I think that helped out. I think that helped them out in, in the voting. To be honest, the fact that he won those back to back games against the Bucks and the Clippers, I, I think that helped them out just a little bit, though. Just a little bit. Yeah, just a little bit, man. Just a little. Bit. But man. Like I said, if if I was to if I was to vote on a ballot right now, I, I I would I would say I would slightly slightly give the edge to Giannis. LeBron, if you're listening, please don't be disappointed in me. That, that that that's just my opinion right now. But I hope you win it. I hope you do. But I'm going with Giannis. Um, defensive player of the year, I can definitely see that going to Anthony Davis. And sixth man of the year, I can definitely see that um, possibly going to Lou Williams once again. The, the sixth man of the year, I might have to. I, I gotta take a different route from you on that one. What's up? What's on your uh, mind, player? I got you. The defensive player of the year, we both agree, is Anthony. But the sixth man, I'm not gonna lie. I mean, Lou is gonna be Lou, man. I mean, I, I, I'm not gonna lie. I even voted for him too. But Lou winning so much, I'm just gonna take it and I'm, I'm gonna say Dennis Schroeder is it's gonna be my sixth man of the year. Re- what? What? Yeah. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Dennis, bro. You see how he's playing right now in, in Oklahoma City? I'm not even going to lie. Listen, to the Oklahoma City fans out there that's listening, I owe y'all an apology because I counted y'all out. When y'all got Chris Paul in that trade, I was like, it's over with. Y'all not going to make no postseason. Y'all not going to make no noise. But y'all did the complete opposite of what I said. And like, they, I think they're on what? I think like right behind the Rockets in the, um, in the standings for the West. So the fact that Chris Paul came there and he's literally—I wouldn't say he's doing it on his own because, of course, you got you no know, Gildress Alexander and Devin Schroeder and Stephen Adams. You know, you have those pieces there. But I just felt like Chris Paul really made a change in that team. And Dennis Schroeder, like his plays, done stepped up. He's averaging like what nineteen or twenty points a game, basically. Mm-hmm. So I mean, if Lou wins it, he deserves that in it because we know what Lou's gonna do when he come off the bench. Everybody knows that, but. I just I, I'm gonna just say Dennis in my opinion, man. I seen I seen Lou win it way too much, so I'm just like I'm gonna just have to go with Dennis Schroeder in my opinion. I'm, I just gotta go with Dennis Schroeder. And um, and, and as you was alluding to, Vlad, um, when you talk when you talk about nobody saw this, you know, you know, especially with Chris Paul being um, being traded, you know, to the OKC, right? I, like you said, nobody nobody saw a team that was gonna win that was gonna go forty and twenty four up until the uh, up until the pandemic, right? But you know, look, looking at the standings, the Oklahoma City Thunder are only two and a half games out of the third spot in the West, which, which honestly to me, I, I thought you know with Chris Paul's you know injury history where he has you know kind of untimely injuries you know in the biggest moments you know not like I said not necessarily his fault just just the fact that you know little next little nicks and injuries right there you know 
just just happy, you know, kind of derail, you know, whatever mo- momentum he has bringing to a team. But the fact that they were able to do this along with a Shea Gildas Alexander and what I, what I've seen in his game, his gr- the growth in his game as well, the Oklahoma City Thunder have su- like you said have surprised me in that sense. And the fact that Chris Paul is able to be kind of you know, you know that that kind of leader, you know that that veteran leader that you know he's so great at being that. Like you said, it, it shouldn't have been a surprise, but it was, which is basically what I'm trying to say. It was definitely a surprise because, like I said, I counted them out from way like from when they got Chris Paul, I counted them out. I was like, yeah, it's over with. I don't really expect much from OKC because Westbrook was really holding down the full work for them, and I was just like, you know, when once they gave him away, <clears throat> I was just like, all right. I mean, Chris came here. Chris is a good player. He's a great point guard in my eyes. One of my favorite point guards. Um, since he came into the league, but I was just like, there's no point of watching. But you know, like you just like you just said, they're like three games away from being in third place in the West. Mm-hmm. I never expected that. Like that don't even sound right. The fact that you said that they're 40 and 24, they're literally right behind the Rockets. I think them and the Rockets got the same record, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think. Kind of yeah, yeah, they're they're they're, they're almost neck and neck. See, that's like that's like I see that as like yeah. So, like I said, to every Thunder fan out there, I owe y'all an apology because I counted y'all out. But y'all balled in this year, man. I, I got to give credit where credit's due. Y'all balled in this year. Man, that, that, hey, that sums it up for me. But but moving on to some high school hoops, man. Look, I'm not going to lie. I, 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 I've, been, I've been looking at this dude, Vlad, and I'm not going to lie. He, if you asked me, if you would have asked me, you know, is he the next KD, you know, about, about a year earlier, I'd have been like, Man, you complete fool. But Vlad, I've looked at the tape on this guy. Goes by the name Imani Bates. That's right, man. Look, he just committed to Michigan State as a sophomore, Vlad. Vlad, look, he's... he's repeat that one more time. Just, just repeat that one more time. Vlad, he is a sophomore, Vlad. Com- already committed to Michigan State. Vlad, Vlad, let me let me just tell you a couple of the accomplishments that couple of the accomplishments, the accolades that this man has to his name already. Vlad, this man is the only sophomore ever, ever, and I repeat, ever, to win the Gatorade National Player of the Year. Vlad, you, me, we know that the Gatorade National Player of the Year award is typically a junior. More, more likely a senior award if we look at it in a realistic sense, right? Vlad, this boy has graced the cover of Sports Illustrated at the age of 15. Delivered, Vlad, I'm telling you, when, when, I, look at, when I look at this kid, look, matter of fact, just for retrospect, LeBron didn't get on his first SI cover until he was 17 in his junior year. Vlad, I Honestly, I'm at a loss for words when I'm talking about this dude. Vlad, when I look at his game, um, his highlights, Vlad, this dude literally has the same almost, you know, mechanics as Kevin Durant. Vlad, when this dude even steps to the free throw line, you know how KD kind of, you know, has his legs bent inward as he's, you know, shooting his free throw? Vlad, Imani Bates does the same exact thing. I'm talking mannerisms and all. The skinny frame. This dude is 6'9". I don't, I don't even think he's 200 pounds yet. Like, when you see him, okay, he looks like a stick figure. But, Vlad, when, like, if you, when you see him play, I'm talking about the fierce and the competitive, competitiveness that he plays with. Vlad, I'm sorry. 
I don't know too many 15-year-olds that's out here dominating the game like this and commit, commit, committing to Michigan State with two years still to doing high school. And it's even interesting because they asked him if he was going to like reclassify so he can graduate next year. And he was like, no, I'm going to still graduate in 2022. See, I'm not going to lie. If I was still in high school and, you know, I'm playing basketball and I have him as my opponent, I would be very worried. Because it don't make no sense. Like, I, I'm not even going to lie. Like, shout out to, uh, first of all, let me give a shout out to all of the, the kids out there that's like, you know, basketball, football, baseball, whatever sport you're playing. Because this generation is full of talent. I don't know if you peep that, Austin, but this generation is full of talent. Like you said from the beginning, the kid is only a sophomore. And you already done committed to Michigan State. I mean, I'm looking at it. He had offers from Florida State, Kentucky, Michigan, and DePaul. You know, on Florida State, Kentucky and Michigan are big schools. Michigan State, too. And the fact that you committed as a sophomore, like you said, the first ever to do that, as a sophomore. And I believe he averaged, like, what, over 30 points a game? Mm-hmm. 30 points every game. Oh, my God. It's, hey. I don't know what's with this generation. I, I don't. It's, it's just full of freaks. They're full of freaks, man. Like, these kids, they just get more talented. They get better. They get stronger. They get faster, taller. I'm just like, well, I mean, I guess God skipped over our generation and just went on to the next one. And Vlad, we're we're, talk, we're talking about a dude that's already delivered a, a state championship. Um, he 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 is a Michigan kid. So the fact that he st- the fact that he stayed in um the fact that he stayed in Michigan and decided to you know uh, at least com- at least commit to Michigan State right now it is um is a loss of words enough, right? Because you know, like I said, he he isn't he isn't probably gonna be on you know. In Michigan, in Michigan State until 2022. Vlad, we're still not sure. You know, he could change his mind. He could go, he go straight to the G League, right? You know, do a Jalen Green. Go, you know, you're the number one recruit in your class. You know, just go straight to the G League. He, and he even, he even alluded to that as well. He was like, you know, some people have different paths. You what? I'm just paraphrasing, but he was saying, you know, some people have different paths. You know, that one's not for me. You know, say so I, I want to, you know, you know, stay creating my own path. And the fact that, and the one thing that I do like about Bates is that he he is humble. He, he comes he comes across comes across as a humble guy, but he's fearless on the court. Like Vlad, he draws fear to his opponents on the court. He literally, when I see him on the court, he looks bigger than everybody else on the court. And of course, because he's six nine, you know, not not every, not, not not everybody not everybody you know sophomore high school is gonna be six nine. You feel me? That's right. But that means you're still you still have a chance to grow. But and, and Vlad. That's the that's the like you said that's the scary thing. He's six nine and only a sophomore. Vlad, at this rate, Vlad, he he, he might be, he he really might be a legit seven footer, playing playing a small forward position, and and with the and, and with the way the NBA is going today, he could, he could probably he could probably run the guard position if we're being honest. You know, more of a positionless type lead. Like I said, man, this this generation, man, these these kids are talented man they're just like i said they're just they're just full of talent man and each sport you look at there's always a number one or like somebody that just catches your attention like when you sent me like when you sent me um the name and i looked up the person you know i'm thinking like he's a a junior or a senior come to find out class of 22 i'm like hold on this guy's a sophomore i'm like i didn't even know that you could commit as a sophomore i thought you had to wait till like your junior or senior year to commit he's a sophomore he already committed but but you the scary part about it 
But like you, but like black, you know that you know you you see as in you know the nature of sports is starting to change, where more and more kids are starting to commit earlier. You know, kind of kind of get the like you know anxiety, you know the pressure out of the way, you know, or I I want to commit to this school now. Now while it may be you know you no know, not the right decision for some with the money base, you talking about probably somebody that's going to be a generational talent when he does get to the league, you know, where he still has to develop his body and whatnot. You know, of course, Katie had to develop his body too, but just just like looking at you know him right now, Vlad. I honestly I think he's going like you said. I think he's going to be a problem when he reaches the league. I know Coach Jesus is going to have fun with him. If he if he sticks, if he doesn't go to that G League route and he sticks going to Michigan State, like you said, because he want to create his own path, Coach Jesus is going to have a good time with him. I'm telling you that much. Uh, this kid right here, like I said, and he's only what 15 as a sophomore, so you still have time to improve up until your senior year. So we don't know what could happen within these next two years for him at all. So anything like the sky's the limit for him too. Well, I ain't gonna lie. If I was his his dad, I know his his people's is proud of him, man. I ain't gonna lie. To be that young and to have you know all that attention around you, and like you said, he's a humble kid too. You know, most kids when they in the spotlight, they're not really that humble. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the downfall. But for him to be a humble at such a young age, and you know, you already done committed to a big illustrious university. That I don't know what else I can say about that. I honestly don't know. That just that, that speaks to itself at the end of the day. That just speaks for itself. I mean, I'm proud of him. That's all I have to say, man. You can't even hate on that. I, I, I can't. You can't. Anyway, Vlad, moving on to our last topic of the day. I know it's sad, but Vlad, what what did I what did I tell you last episode, Vlad? What did I tell you? Two K cover two K cover athlete. I, I said don't don't be surprised if Dame gets on the cover. And lo lo and behold. Sometimes they do be true. They, they do be true sometimes. And and to be honest, for me, it I, I'm not gonna lie. I I looked at the video that video that 2K released. You know, I kept trying to you know decipher. You know, trying to see. Okay, what did that person say? You know, what did that person say? And I remember I remember they had Quavo. You know, there was it said it's not like he said damn like it, it, like you said it was muffled kind of like you know kind of like that censored beat. You know, like when somebody's about to cuss. So I'm like, okay. It, it, it sounded like you said Dame, but I wasn't sure. And I was like, okay, I think about it. I thought about it. And I was like, you know what? I really wouldn't be surprised if it's Dame Dollar on the cover. You're talking about a dude that's almost averaging 30 points a game. You feel me? Dame time. Dame Dollar. You feel me? Like, I, honestly, I'm just so excited for Dame because th- this man has really been on one, like, for a minute. And and to be honest, he, he is he is a bit slept on just because he does play in Portland where it isn't necessarily a flashy city, right? But the fact that the fact that Dane from East Oakland got the cover of 2K, man, it, it, it's something special, man. I, I'm not I'm not gonna lie. I, I I'm really proud of Dane for this one, man. Dang, like I said, I mean, you called it. You you did, man. You said you voted for um you you voted for Dane to get on the cover. I mean, shout out to um AC man, Eric. If y'all hear about his podcast, the Paint Set the podcast, he basically came out with a um he came out with an episode saying how Damian Litter is the best point guard in the NBA. And honestly, I, I don't disagree with him. Uh, I mean, Steph was hurt, John Wall is hurt. I mean, James Harden, yes, he's a great point guard, but I mean, James don't really show up in big moments. Russell, I don't, I'm not really a, I'm. He's a good, he's a great player, but Russell's not really like you know. I'll take Dame over Russell, and we seen what, what how that happened last year with um with OKC. Oh, you talking the shot, the shot, exactly. And we seen that stretch that Dame went on before he got 
dropping like I get what like over like thirty points like every game. He, he, he was dropping. Fi- he was dropping fifty balls. Fifty. There you go. There you go, man. It's just like Dame earned it, man. Like you said, he's underrated. Like not under. Like, he's underappreciated because I mean, of the city that you play in, in Portland, it's not like compared to these other cities. But at the end of the day, Dame Dame belongs with Dame. Dame he needs this, man. He he definitely deserves it at the end of the day. Because we've seen where where Dame came from starting into the league and to where he's at now, and he just evolved as a point guard. I knew he was good, but I didn't know that Dame was this good. I'm not even going to much lie to you. I didn't even know that he was this good. And, you know, shout out to him, Frodo, because he's a real one. Because I remember watching, like, an interview. I don't know who, I don't know if it was Stephen A. or somebody else that interviewed him, and it was like, do you see yourself leaving to go win a championship? That, that was, said, no. That was Stephen A.? That, that was Stephen A. He, he was interviewing with Stephen A. Mm-hmm. Yep, and he's, Stephen A. was like, do you see yourself leaving Portland to go win a championship? He said no. And I was like, you know, most people, they'll say, yeah, I'll go somewhere else to go win the championship. Dame said, no, I'm going, I'm going to stay right here. Whether he wins one or not, I don't really think he cares at the end of the day. But, you know, how can you hate on that? I've seen it, and I was like, well, Austin called it. I was like, Austin called it. I can't even get mad at it, bro. It's, it's Damien. It's Dame Dollar, man. Come on, now. He deserves that cover. Yeah. I know they said there's going to be, like, three other athletes on that, on, on two other athletes on that cover, but the, for the first one to be Dame, he deserves it. I agree with the decision. I do. And, and Vlad, you know, all right. So, so of course, you know, I, I caught it right on Dame, but you know, in in, in the upcoming days, you know, you know, two K said to release their other two coverage. You know, July first, July second, or oh, July first tomorrow. You no, know, let me make sure I mark my calendar. You feel me? But <laughs> but I, I I remember I posted to my IG story. Um, you guys can follow me underscore just Austin D. You know, I had to throw a little free promo in there. <laughs> But um, I put I put on my IG story um, that you know I, I I didn't necessarily say I got the Dane the Dane pick right. Like I said, I didn't I didn't publicly you know put that on my IG story. But you know, of course, between me, you, and Lexus, I said that. But yeah, but for the for the next two, I put on my story. I was like, okay, you know, from deciphering the message, like, okay, I, I, I of course I know, or at least I have a strong you know intuition that Kobe's definitely gonna be on the Legend Edition. You know, I, honestly, I think that, I, I think I think that's like that. That's a must. You you. That's like a must, right? Kobe Legend Edition. No debate about it. But but deciphering the message that I saw in the in the two K commercial. Don't be so. Don't be surprised if Zion gets on the cover. And and, 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 and with it being next gen, like I said, I personally I wouldn't be surprised with Zion being on the cover. I think he will be on the cover. And. And we and we just like backtrack a little bit, you know. Look at two K fourteen, where they had Le- yeah, they had LeBron, you know, in the two K uh, next gen trailer, which was you know at that time for the PS four and the Xbox One. Le- Le- they had Le- they had LeBron in those commercials, you know. They they had Le- they had the real life LeBron on one side, the two K Le- uh, next gen LeBron on the other side. And honestly, I just think two K just you know, it- it's almost they throwing out you know pieces of Easter candy. You feel me? Where when it it almost seems you know all this anticipation, all this building, I think like I think Zion is going to be on the cover, you know, especially leading that next generation of uh, superstars. I agree with you on that. I mean, we've seen the the, the little commercial with Zion already in the in the two K twenty one in the two K twenty one thing, so it's only right that okay, Zion's going to be the the second player. Now, who do you think the third player is going to going to be? 
well, it's it's only gonna be it's only gonna be three covers, but but um, okay. yeah. So so of course they got Dame. Like I said, I think it's gonna be Kobe. And it's gonna be Zion. But I, like I said, like I said, I wouldn't be surprised. You know, if we're talking about you know Rookie of the Year, which I think what I think should go to John Morant. I, I I think you I think I think it would be it wouldn't be too surprising if you put John Moran on the cover. I, I don't I don't think so. But just looking at the history of two K and the fact that how much they're you know they're putting Zion into you know the promos, especially with two K nineteen and then uh two K two K twenty one. It's not two K twenty. Excuse me. And then two K twenty one with the promotion. I, I like I said I, I wouldn't put it I wouldn't put it past two K if they did put Zion on the cover. Um, but like I said, I also wouldn't be surprised if John Moran's on the cover as well. Zion's definitely going to be on that cover for sure. I mean, Jaw's a possibility. I mean, if Zion didn't come back, then Jaw would Jaw would have definitely had it because he was he was the most he's still the most electrifying rookie. But Zion just came and just fucked everything up, man. To be honest, he just he just he just swept all he just swept all of us off our feet, and like everybody's just hype about Zion. And then you know when he gets fully healthy, and I know that he's going to come, it's it's going to be scary to see how. How great he gets! So yeah, I definitely think that he'll get that that cover for sure. I, I think that he will. Hey man, let, let's hope. Hey, we we have to we have, we have to wait. But anyway, man. Um, again, I have Vlad with me in the studio, man. You guys can find him on Take a Chance Podcast. Where, Vlad, where can they find you on your Instagram, social media? Hey man, blessed under blessed underscore VJ. Y'all go ahead and follow me, man. Y'all follow Austin too as well. I understand. Go ahead, man. Say your, um, your Instagram name as well, man. You, you the owner of this. <laughs> uh, you guys can find me at underscore just Austin D. That is my Instagram. Again, Vlad, thank you. Thank you so much for coming on the Austin D Radio, man. I hope to speak with you in the near future, man. Of course, man. Thank you for having me, brother, man. Much love, man. Much love. You take care of yourself, man. All right, you too, play. Nice talking to you. No problem. And that, guys, is the end of Austin D Radio, man. Y'all stay tuned, stay locked for next week where we have more NBA content on the way. Stay tuned, stay locked. Let's get it.